the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It's your Thursday morning answer. We call it Practice Friday here. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and we are happy to have you with us. And by the way, this is uh, some new news. Uh, We haven't convinced Whitman yet. But AM870 is now on Parler. So all of you that follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, head over to Parler. That's where the free speech is. I'm there, too. You can find AM870 on Parler, or you can find Jennifer Horn on Parler. And maybe we can get women to go over there today. Now, Parler, I would assume, and I'm asking for benefit of the audience and for benefit of folks like me who might need a second reminder about technical things. Parler is an app you can download on your phone and all of this. Yeah, it's an app, a website. It's, it's very similar to Twitter. But I'm guessing they really don't go in there and put I, – so I was actually using Twitter, just you know, just using it, yeah. not going there to look at something controversial and notice one of those tags on See, a tweet. See, it is so irritating. It's Our, a weird thing. It's irritating and it's strange. It feels so very bad. un-American. So bad. In the state of Iowa, we're talking a lot about voter fraud, voter irregularities. Iowa GOP congressional candidate just declared victory in one of the closest races in history. This is pretty insane. Now, uh, Iowa has one of the tightest congressional races. We think it's tight with Mike Garcia, right? He's a, I think we'll have to double check this morning, at 157 votes ahead of Christy Smith. That's where he was yesterday. Well, Marionette Miller-Meeks, it's a lot of M's. Marionette. Well, she's alliterative. Uh, Marriott Marion Annette, Marion Annette, Marionette Miller Meeks. Wow. Triple M. Let's call it Triple M. Marionette Miller Meeks. M cubed. Claimed victory this morning when she appeared on Fox and Friends. She said the races in Iowa are descriptive and very detailed. So on election night, we were ahead in votes. But there's a process of provisional ballots and absentee ballots that have to be counted. This is for Iowa's 2nd District, by the way, in Congress. And according to Iowa law, the law mandates that each county do an audit and canvassing by Tuesday, the next week after Election Day. Then those canvases are certified by the county's board of supervisors and then submitted to the secretary of state. So yesterday, Mm. all of the official canvases were completed. She was ahead in votes, so she is now the winner of the election. She had... A 34-vote lead <laughs> over her opponent, Rita Hart. Now, Rita Hart— After an easy- error, mm, right. air quotes, was corrected. Error. Rita Hart, the Democratic candidate, a lot easier to say Rita Hart than Madam Marionette Miller-Meeks. <laughs> but but uh, 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 Triple M, she's a Republican candidate, right? And, she, and, and this is for the 2nd District Congressional District— in, <coughs> Excuse me, Jennifer. That's all right. <laughs> I think I have some— Pardon me. You're a long hauler <laughs> with that COVID. I, well, you know what? It's a COVID long haul. Actually, it was just a little particular. Oh, no. A draplet. <laughs> Jennifer, in Iowa, the Republican seems to have won this, but uh, the recount being requested by the candidate who is a Democrat, I think they have not 
Well, she plans one of the recounts in all 24 counties counties of Iowa. That's sort of like the Trump team paying for their own recount as well. We talked about that earlier in the week. And here's the thing, 34 votes. I say she's due. She's She can ask for a recount. That's I mean, nice that you are so accommodating of the Democratic candidate's opportunity to request a recount. She's due. You know, give her one. Throw Rita one. I mean, it's all just Rita Hart, but... All right. President Trump has slammed the delay in North Carolina's vote count. We haven't heard a ton about North Carolina. We know that the state has not really been called yet. President Trump has been leading in uh, that race. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what day they have to certify their election results. But earlier today, President Trump said it took long enough. What is taking North Carolina so long? Are they looking for more ballots to fix that one also? Now with the recount, we will win Georgia, Pennsylvania and Michigan wouldn't let our poll watchers and observers into the counting rooms illegal. Of course, that was tagged by Twitter. But questions are remaining about North Carolina and when the rest of their ballots will come in to get a a good solid answer on where that state stands. In Georgia, there is a hand recount underway. And we're looking also, and the whole country, when I say we, are looking at Georgia as a place that will determine the balance of power in the Senate. There are two races that will go to a runoff. It'll happen on January 2nd. And uh, there is going to be a lot of money, a lot of activists just swamping into Georgia to try to uh, really fight it out over this balance of power. Lindsey Graham saying that he would give each Republican candidate, Senator Perdue and Senator Loeffler, both of them uh, incumbents, a million dollars apiece to help start things off. Lindsey Graham's like Daddy Warbucks. I give each a million dollars. This is his own money. He's always and the other day he was giving five hundred grand to Trump from his uh, campaign, and he's right, su- he's suggesting right. that all Republicans actually get together and create sort of a super PAC. So any Republican senator who gets donations now should, at least according to Lindsey Graham, send them into the state of Georgia because that's kind of what what Democrats are doing. They have a an Act Blue, I think, is what it's called, and Act Blue took donations small amount, small dollar donations from around the country, and then they dumped them into uh, congressional races that- That are very competitive. That were competitive. Happens all the time in good, smart politics. Yeah, and and Lindsey Graham knows about it because uh, they raised millions of dollars against him. And so he's saying we need to be kind of aware of what's going on, and Republicans need to do better and start donating to making all, uh, basically an all hands on deck push towards Georgia. Isn't the issue here, if we talk about these numbers- The issue here ultimately is not sending dollars. The issue here is getting higher numbers of people to vote for you. I mean, this is a reality. This is reality. And I know I'm not always the guy you look to to know where reality is. But trust me on this one. That's what this is about. I mean, the the challenge here, the conflict here, the disagreement, the feelings on all of the different sides of the election dispute and the challenge in court, it's about votes. It's about how many people... Did you get out there to vote for you? It's as old as democracy, people choosing, selecting. And I think it feels to me, well, I'll tell you two things. The first thing make you, will, 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 is true. And the president did better than the experts thought he would do. More people came out and voted for him. It appears that more people came out to vote for Joe Biden. So at some point, at some point, you just go like this in politics. I'm sorry. It appears to thank you to my supporters and Mitt Romney, all of them, George H.W. Bush, Jimmy Carter, folks do 
with all due respect, leave the stage when, hey, by the way, in other areas of life, too, when it's when it's time, it's time. I ask if it's time. Not until the election is called. I mean, you have states that have not even finished counting yet. And so I think for people to say, oh, we've just moved on, we have to move on. Well, no, we have to finish this election. It may not be easy. It may it, We need to do better because it's taking a long time. But we need to get solid answers in these states before we move on because I guarantee you if it were if the rules and the the rules were flipped Joe Biden would be challenging this thing in fact he told us that he would he telescoped that move saying that he wouldn't concede until results were certified so let President Trump decide to concede after results are certified they have not been yet all right as we continue are you concerned about the volatility of your investments because as an investor with traditional investments including IRAs I'm concerned about the stock market and how printing so much money out of thin air will affect the value of the dollar. I heard my friend Seb Gorka talk about Midas Gold Group, and I know owning precious metals adds safety and stability to savings and investment portfolios. So I finally spoke to Midas Gold Group for myself, and what a wonderful experience. There were no pushy salesmen. That was the part that I really liked most. Their knowledgeable professionals know everyone's needs are different, and they treat each person accordingly, which is so refreshing. I encourage you to meet with Midas Gold group for yourself. Call to schedule an appointment. Ask for their free IRA guide on how to use your IRA to own physical gold and do it tax-free. Call 805-601-6000. 805-601-6000. I get my gold from Midas Gold Group, and I believe you should check them out too. Call 805-601-6000. A big firing at the New Yorker will tell you who got the axe as your Thursday morning answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It's your Thursday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And uh, we are focused. (laughs) Like a Zoom call on CNN star legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin, who also worked for, and I use worked past tense because... He worked for New Yorker Magazine. That all changed, I guess, in the last 24 hours. Till yesterday. And uh, this was because he took one bad turn on a Zoom call. Well, let me do it, and I can. Jeffrey Tubin, who is a legal analyst on New Yorker, attorney, OJ case, right? Uh, All these legal opinions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, was on a Zoom call, I guess, about three or four weeks ago now for the New Yorker. It was non-CNN. Right. and on the Zoom call, let me say, uh, folks, I know if you're remotely working from home, sometimes, it, well, the camera shoots me from the waist up. Okay, uh, so I'll just, yeah, no, bad idea. And Jeffrey wanted to Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah. And I guess he uh, did. Uh, and he wasn't, um, he just didn't forget certain items of clothing, but he was um, right. He was occupied. Sort of, he was occupying right. himself. So bad. Right. And uh, because of that, the New Yorker said yesterday that they were letting him go. I can't imagine how they could bring him so back. So to speak. Yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, Jeffrey's off of his suspension now. Everybody welcome him back. Yes. You know, Jeffrey. Uh, yes. Uh, hi, folks. Hi, folks. That would be a staff meeting. I could not handle. Now, I don't... Jeffrey, you look different on camera. I thought it was dazzling. I'm sure you did, Jeffrey. <laughs> thought it was dazzling. And uh, Tubin, now we don't know if he's going to get fired from uh, CNN or right. not. They are right. still making that decision. Probably not, because people that work at CNN really don't have character anyway, so it really but, doesn't well, matter. Well, you know, change. There used to be the golden age of CNN. Yeah, Larry King on there. Yeah, it was you know, fantastic. I could do a Zoom call. No problem. You right. want to Zoom me in? Uh, things I'll do, and I would never do on Zoom. It's very weird. 
question about Jeffrey Tubin zooming in yes. on CNN. Mm-hmm. It's an example where very smart people, like an attorney, he's very obviously very he's obviously brilliant in some way. Sure, but he's not with it enough to go on a Zoom call and have and do the. I mean, Jeffrey, please. Well, then he went on Twitter. And he said, I was fired today by At New Yorker after 27 years as a staff writer. I will always love the magazine. We'll miss my colleagues. They're not going to miss you, pal, because they've seen all of you. And we'll look (laughs) forward to reading their work. These are people. Wasn't Twittering the problem that got him in trouble in the first place? I'm going to tell you right now that if this happened to me, you would never hear from me again. I mean, seriously, I would be. I'd be living deeper in the woods than the Unabomber. You you would not ever need to. You wouldn't worry. You'd be like, where's Shen? Should I send a Christmas gift? You wouldn't be able to find me. That's very very funny. This guy goes on Twitter and he says, I was fired today at the New York. Oh, should we send a sympathy card, Jeffrey? Right. Here's what, he leave, here's what he left out. I, I'm a victim. Hi. He's a litigant. I'm Jeffrey Tubin. I'm a victim before you for 27 years. I toiled for New Yorker magazine. I was a totally, totally devoted employee for 27 years. I've been there and they fired me. Uh, P.S. We had a Zoom call and I was very casual. I'm available. <laughs> now, you know what? I, what you just said is very important. As we talk about Jeffrey Tubin and the zoom, zoom, zoom and the right. whole thing. You just said if something like that happened to you, Bye. you would go away because of embarrassment, obviously. Or oh, humiliate, yeah. Whatever. Okay. In this point we live in in time, and I do have to say with all due respect, there are a lot of people responsible for this. I do believe – hey, by the way, I'll be honest. Former President Clinton, President Trump, they all have something going – and I don't just mean – Sexual adult things. I also mean just doing things wrong, saying terrible things about other people on Twitter. It all results in today, November 12 of 2020, where people don't feel shame or they're just always right. They just, okay, so I'm Jeffrey Tubin. I'm going to do this on a Zoom call with coworkers, and then I'm the victim because after 27 I years, they fired. fired me. Jeffrey, you had no clothes on and you were... Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) You just are. But the other thing is, is I think that what makes this worse is that Jeffrey Tubin has spent a lot of his career, and I'm going to talk about not his writing so much, but his writing too. But mostly he spent his time on CNN kind of degrading other people, right? To get on his moral high horse is where he seems to, to be. I be love comfortable. This. Yeah, no, that's true. I love the people who constantly want to speak poorly about other people. They love to throw stones. And then they're the ones that are the worst offenders of everything. It's, it's so true. It's like, the, it's, what's the old saying? Thou protest too much. Yeah, it, glass this, houses don't throw, this. you know. The thing, you're right, because we live in an environment where, whether it's media, by the way, I'll plead guilty. There are sometimes, uh, well, there are very frequently what we like to call media pylons, where everybody seems, not everybody, but a lot of folks are piling on someone, uh, whether it's uh, Trump, whether it's Donald Sterling, by the way, whether it's uh, Kathy Griffin, whoever the person, there's a pile on. And Jeffrey Tubin is usually at the first or at the bottom of the pile because he's the first in. And now it's him, and it's like, Jeffrey. 
Right. Now, you, if someone else did that and sent a letter or a tweet about being the victim after 27 years, Jeffrey Tubin would be the first person on the air, forgive the term, to say he violated the penal code section, et cetera, et cetera, municipal code, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why he was fired, because he violated uh, an ethics clause in his contract. Jeffrey Tubin knows this, but everybody, in, and I blame a lot of these people on Twitter, and you know who they are, and they know who they are. They're to blame. Nobody has a shame bone anymore in I this I thought world. it was dazzling. I know you did. But the woman apparently and the other dude. I thought dudes, it was dazzling. The people on the other end of the Zoom, Jeffrey, didn't think the optics worked. No, I don't think that they did. I don't think the optics well, worked. And Jeffrey? here's did the thing. I'm not even. a good contribution, Jeffrey? You thought it was pretty good? Oh, he thought it was. Please. What's happening with our machine? He here? logged off in the mic. I thought it was dazzling. It's like Thank Jeffrey you. was all choked up or something for a second. So to speak. Wow, oh, it's weird. You hear that? All right. So it's not that, again, this is not throwing stones at him. It's just, wow, it's nervy when you go, Coach, I was fired after all this. Okay. So that's Jeffrey Tubin. You brought up something that just, I've always said the reason I think Republicans voted for Donald Trump and support him so much is because he doesn't have a shame bone. And so I think it's interesting that you just said that about Jeffrey Tubin because. Well, I also said Trump to blame uh, partially. And uh, and I think it's a little different. Here's And here's why. I think when you have President Trump, you know that he's rough around the edges. Some people would say he says jerky things. He says weird, mean things, whatever it is. But he is kind of like that all the time. He doesn't have like an – I don't think we believe that he has an – like there's an alternative Donald Trump. I think we see no the person – no, no, no. But th- this is a bigger point. Right. We see the person that he is. And I think sometimes what makes it worse is when you have someone, and it's a Jeffrey Tubin type, who portrays himself a certain way on television, looking down on everybody and kind of insulting their terrible behavior. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, he's just a dirtbag like everybody else. <laughs> that makes it worse because it feels like there's a put on of, uh, of behavior. Does that make sense? It totally makes okay. sense. And there are many examples of folks who uh, – truth in advertising is the issue. By the way – Hypocrisy and yes, a holier than thou approach to the sins and the frailties of humanity that people will preach, not in a religious sense, in a cultural, moral, ethical sense. And then you find out, you know, that's the one on the Zoom call or that's the one who is, uh, you know, sexually harassing people at work. Or by the way, that's the one who's robbing money from people online or whatever it is. And I do believe. I think that's what makes it, it makes it just worse. And the follow-up, Jen, it used to yeah. be contrition. It used to be you would go before and say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I, I did it. But now it's you have to get out there and deny it and vilify the people who fired you after 27 years because you were Twittering on Zoom. Yeah, I, I think that character – does matter. It should matter. I don't think we should define political parties by what we consider to be um, the ultimate in character, because I think it's very limiting, obviously, in politics. But I think character does matter. And I would rather have someone that tells me who they are and what they are all the time than someone who is in hiding and is someone behind the scenes. I don't know. I'd rather have that honesty and that person. I think it's much more vulnerable. As we continue, progressive groups are upset with Nancy Pelosi. You won't believe why. We'll tell you as your Thursday morning answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. 
Thanks for joining us on Your Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, we are happy to have you here with us. and want to remind you that you might hear today some of your favorite Salem radio hosts talking about verifying the election. And that is because at Salem, our company, who I we're so blessed to work for a company that is actually working for the good of the country, not just a media organization, but actually moving forward with many philanthropic issues. And one of the things that we're working on this week is a campaign to get our local elected officials to support verifying the 2020 presidential election. You can sign a petition in support of that effort right now. You can do it at am870theanswer.com. am870theanswer.com. You'll see right at the top, verify the election, sign the petition, do that today. All you have to do is just add your name and zip code to the list and and we will add you to uh, to our count and to the effort. I think it's important that people who uh, who stand for something uh, stand for it. And, you know, when here's a P.S. to this, when all of our elected officials and our leaders take their oaths of office, they swear also to verify elections because this is a democracy. So this is while in this environment that almost sounds like a contentious thing to say. I know. To some, it is not. Every person who's put their hand up and said, I'll be the congressman, I'll be the city council person, I'll be the president. They're baking into that is counting votes and verifying elections. Third world countries, banana republics, uh, you know, put people in without having elections that are dependable and reliable. And America is not that. And I do. I'm so glad to hear you say that as our lovable liberal, because I think there's just, you know, there's a lot of. A lot of false information flying around on both sides of the aisle, and there's a lot of emotion on both sides of the aisle. We've seen it all year long. But this is one thing that we can come together on, and that is no matter who gets sworn in, no matter who is inaugurated on January the 20th, whomever that person is will be in a much better place with half of the country if there is faith that is that is restored and exists in the electoral process. So that's better for no matter – for whichever candidate. And up in the Oval Office January the 20th. So sign up today, am870theanswer.com. All right, so I want to talk about Georgia for a moment. The Senate race really heating up there. Senator Kelly Loeffler yesterday talked about Chuck Schumer. Remember the promise made by Chuck Schumer over the weekend? He talked about how he wanted to change the country. He wanted to radically take back America. Now we take Georgia and then we change the world. Yeah! Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. Now, you mentioned broken promises, and that is the ultimate evidence. Chuck Schumer breaks the promise, revises it in six seconds. Now, we'll hear it again because he says, we're going to change the world. And then he's asked to repeat his promise. And immediately, it's change America. And he put a mask on in between because he knew he was on camera. The promise is broken. In about five, five to, I'll count it off uh, silently. He says, change the world or change America. Downgraded promise <laughs> within a count, probably five seconds here. He just here goes. we go. Now we take Georgia and then we change the world. Yeah! Now we take Georgia and then we change America. Six and a half. That was a pretty fancy count. I saw you doing it on your fingers, actually, which is nice. That looked like a symphony (laughs) orchestrator conductor. I'm not. Dennis Prager is. I'm not. That promise from Chuck Schumer, who's a minority leader in the Senate, has 
rocked conservatives because if Joe Biden is in the White House, if Democrats are still in control of the House and if Democrats are in control of the Senate, they will have a lot of freedom to transform as they have promised to do. Senator Kelly Loeffler is an incumbent. She's a Republican and she is part of the runoff election that will happen on January the 2nd in Georgia. We are going to lock arms and deliver this country. We are going to deliver the American dream. The road to socialism does not run through Georgia. So you may have heard, now we take Georgia, then we change America. Well, you know what? That's right. No way. Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, you're not going to take Georgia. It's ours. That's right. She's- A lot of Republicans across America with Georgia on their minds. That's right. No doubt. Uh, a lot of everybody with Georgia on their minds. Senator Loeffler continued talking about her opponent, who she claims is a Marxist. We have no interest in your Green New Deal and your socialized medicine and turning the DMV into the doctor's office. We don't need high taxes. We don't need job-crushing regulations. What we need is the American dream, that opportunity that can lift every single American up. That's right. <laughs> But let me tell you, we do have a choice between socialism and the American dream. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you a little bit more about my opponent. Marco's exactly right. Raphael Warnock celebrated Fidel Castro in his church. He has a Marxist ideology. Why is he running for the Senate? We don't know. Let's have him answer for that. Can I ask an important question? I Sure. If I think the question's important... I'm usually asking. No, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to suggest my. It is an important question. And it's a moment of choosing. President Ronald Reagan talked about a time for choosing. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who uh, was happy with the leadership in our country for the last four years, specifically, of course, I refer to President Trump. Uh, we've been here for a number of years, going on maybe ten, almost nine, or whatever. I, you know, Jennifer, we've said many times, elections have consequences. I've heard that refrain. From, well, from you, from others, and I used to say it, and I still will say it, and I'll say it now, and I've said it all along. I've never stopped saying it. If you believe that, and if that was sort of your response when people who were resisting said, well, wait a minute, the candidate there just said, the senator said, we have no interest in the Green New Deal. Well, some people would say we had no interest in pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord, et cetera, et cetera, and just fill in, put the noun in whatever it is. Elections have consequences. So at, so are you, are you I'll, I will ask it to you, Jennifer, because I see you. Yes. And I'll ask I'll be, people. I'm seen and I will. I'm asking people in their cars or at home to also answer in their mind. Are you prepared to, to say out loud or affirm in your, inside that elections have consequences? And if this is the way it's going, then the consequences ought to be tolerated as an American citizen uh, if it's within the boundaries of the law. No, I won't. I mean, here's no. the thing. Really? It, no. Within the boundaries of the law is one thing, but I will not tolerate a country that is going to push into socialism. It's not good for anybody, and I will always fight. Now, well, whether or not that makes but, one iota of difference, I don't know. But I will tell you right now, I do not accept a Marxist candidate. I do not accept someone who's sympathetic to Fidel Castro. We have and to we're have learning. an honest talk here. We have yeah. to have an honest conversation. And I'm being honest with you. We're I not don't a socialist nation. 
We have a constitution. We're not a socialist nation. Right, but the Green New Deal is a very socialist policy, and I won't accept that. No. So, so what does that mean? That means no, no, that in I my mind, to... I will always do everything I can in my power, using my platform, using my vote, doing whatever I can to make sure that it's not acceptable for other people and articulating the reasons why I feel that way so that okay. they can understand that too. In the, I, I, I'm not really for the Green New Deal either, but let's use it as an example. We'll do this in 20 seconds. Green in New Deal refers to environment. The Paris Climate Accord is about the environment. If one is elected and one pulls out of that or one is elected and one embraces the other, elections have consequences, right? Clearly. And uh, look, that's and why they ought we, to be lived with or they ought we to have be no choice, on. do we? I mean, there is no choice. That's the that's the thing. Once you have someone sitting in that White House, then uh, you have you've given them the power. And uh, right now, that is why the battle is so important in Georgia, because if the Senate is uh, switching hands to the Democrats, yep. it will be a very liberal Joe Biden presidency if he is indeed sworn in in January. Certainly watching that. Did you know there are ways to have steady, abundant income for all the years of your retirement? You can with David Ortiz of Ortiz World Wealth. Most people think it's safe to put their money into annuities, but right now they're finding out their money's locked up for about 10 years, and it's only earning them a minimal amount. That's right. Many of our listeners wanted to get a second opinion on their annuities. Many of them are less than a year old. Some are three, four, five years old. Once they receive their first statement, which is a year after they open their account, they begin to realize that they're hardly making any money, maybe only 1% or less, because what was sold to them was a product, and it had other things attached to it that actually cost money. So the only way to get out of these is to systematically transfer money into something else. Now, that's not to say that there aren't annuities out there that do perform, because there are. But you need to find out, and that's where David Ortiz comes into play. Call David Ortiz, president of Ortiz World Wealth at 844-584-PLAN. That's Ortiz World Wealth at 844-584-PLAN. Plan smarter, live better, 844-584-PLAN. What does 2020 smell like? We'll tell you as your Thursday Morning Answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Thursday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and lo and behold, wandering the halls of the old radio ranch. May I say, this gentleman had an appointment here at the radio broadcast compound and the congressional contender arrived a little bit early. Eric of the 28th Congressional <laughs> Eric District. Early Eric Early, how are you, buddy? Hey, guys, it's great to see you today. And I want to say congratulations to you, not because... I do, too. I uh, do, too. Because here's the thing. It was not the outcome that we wanted in this election. You were this close to being my congressman, and I would have loved that. Because both Brian, the two of us live in Adam Schiff's district. You ran against him. And I just want to congratulate you and say thank you. Because what you did was started a movement in this community. You did better than any candidate in my memory. You had signs everywhere. You had enthusiasm. You had excitement. People were talking about you. You forced Adam Schiff into spending some money and not taking for granted the fact that he would just get to ride through another term in Congress. And for that, I want to say thank you. And uh, I think there is some funny business going on in this city. That's a conversation we can have. But I just want to say thank you, first of all, for making the commitment to my congressional district, because I appreciate it. Well, Jen, thank you so much. And uh, really, so much of my thanks and our thanks go out to we had so many incredible volunteers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So many people were, excuse me, energized by this by this great campaign. We had knocked on thousands of doors, tens of thousands of phone calls. 
uh, met so many great people. As you said, there were signs all over the place. Mm-hmm. We, I, I mean, the energy for our campaign was incredible compared to this opponent I was running against who, who nobody cared about him, frankly. We met with, we talked with. It, it was an amazing, uh, amazing campaign, and, uh, and, and so many of those folks want us to keep going. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so we have a lot. Uh, we're thinking about all kinds Good. of things. Yeah. Eric Early, you know, it's, it's – uh, 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 your words are reminding me sometimes of others who, 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 who don't have the outcome. As you, you're such a gentleman as you say that. Uh, but the cause endures. I mean, the cause does not go away. And messengers are important. And you have stepped up here to become a significant – messenger, a significant leader for a lot of people in Hollywood, locking out of Flint Ridge right here in Glendale. Uh, so, so uh, A, what are your plans for the future? And, and B, in the immediate moment here, a week after the election, on the night of the election, to, it, it, I, because I know you're a great guy, to stand with those who have volunteered and, as you said, so beautifully believe so much. The cause continues, but in that moment, that's got to be hard to, to see them because you'll probably feel worse for their heart than your own sometimes well you know brian that's a really uh, interesting uh, point you raise you know i you do you want to do good for everybody that uh, that provided their support their time and their energy and i uh, you know so but uh, and and i this hasn't ended however uh, i think it's very unfortunate that schiff who i think is a just a flat-out liar i know he's a flat-out liar he doesn't care about our district and he's back in washington and it's people like that these professional politicians in this day and age where we're literally fighting a battle of good versus evil in America, Adam, the Adam Schiff's of the world should not be in government. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, our fight continues as far as what I'm going to be doing going forward. I'll tell you something. Um, I like being in the arena. I like campaigning. We're looking at all kinds of things. And we're also um, we're also considering uh, doing a, re- a recount, not so much. Uh, because it would switch the election results. But because of all of the strange and crazy things that are going on now with elections, universal mail and ballot, I think we need to do an autopsy to see how the heck we ended up here, because I have serious questions about the vote count, as does everybody. Yes. You know, and watching, and I've been watching these results. I'm still watching Mike Garcia's results or watching Young Kim's race, but. Watching presidential results still coming in. Yes, that's right. But it struck me in L.A. County because that's what I was looking at. And I looked at Joe Collins running against Maxine Waters. I looked at Jim, uh, James Bradley running against Ted Lieu. I looked at Mark Reed running against Brad Sherman. And of course, you running against Adam Schiff, Uh, Antonio Delgado. All of these races were about a 70-30 margin. And I thought, what are the chances of this? You have. And quite frankly, you were such a strong candidate and you did such a great job and you were consistent. You were there and you had the the presence. It shocks me that it was a 70 to 30 margin and that it was the same in every district in Los Angeles. That doesn't make any sense. It seemed very homogenized. And that's why I question it, Eric. Jen, you're preaching to the choir. It does. There's something that stinks. Like the numbers, it just no variation. And because it stinks so badly, uh, you know, I just can't let it go. Right. Uh, we need to do. I'm. I'm calling it an autopsy. I right like now. that term, by right. the way. Someone. Something happens under suspicion, and the autopsy confirms what happened. It's an exploratory, fact-finding mission. Yeah. You know, they. I'm, I've just heard from Jen this morning about this Venezuelan company that's doing that has uh, the software program. Yeah, uh, the LA the County camp. Vote System. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, this universal mail-in. We have no idea who was actually signing these uh, these ballots that were being submitted. 
uh, there's a lot to look at. So it's incredibly troubling. And, uh, you know, we're talking to people. And, and one thing, you know, of course, you always run the risk, oh, sore losers. Listen, I'm not a sore loser. I loved every single minute of this. Uh, I got a blessed life, a wonderful life. Uh, You've got great... a brand new wife, by the way. <laughs> yes, I do. Are She's you married amazing. yet, or did you do it? Are you, is it coming up? <laughs> She's a wife in his heart. Don't you tell <laughs> she, he, meddle in that. I don't know well, if you've met Emerald, but Eric has the loveliest yes. fiance. She's yes. fantastic. Uh, Emerald's amazing. We actually got married officially uh, during the campaign uh, in a uh, quick stop to the justice of the peace. I love but, that. But That's this, so great. Yeah, this That's weekend, wonderful. this weekend we're going to have a, more of a formal ceremony good. up at a winery that a good friend of ours owns in the Los Olivos area, which is why I'm actually stroll, strolling the halls today because I'm mean, pre-taping. You you, yeah, you you're like redoing you look, your... I mean, you're fanta- you look great, man. You're your really show. <laughs> but Brian's Eric's show it airs on the weekends here, so he's in right. pre-taping, but that's okay because you're getting married, so it's fine. So <laughs> congratulations to you. But I do love that you're calling this an autopsy, Eric. I think Brian's right in pointing this out because what I think people don't realize about Republicans or President Trump right now, it's not that we would question the fact that it's possible for President Trump to lose the race or for you to lose. Look, it's an election. People can lose races. But someone has to and someone has to do the other. But how did it happen? Why did it happen? And where did it happen? And you have a political future in front of you. You have a career if you want it. The state needs you. The country needs someone who can fight like you. And so I'm telling you right now, Eric Early, you do that autopsy. I'm 100 percent behind you so we can get better. Love you, Jen. Love you, Brian, too. Thanks for everything. You're the guys. Best. I love you, too. Eric Early reminds me of wisdom from the late, great Tip O'Neill. He said all politics is local. Eric, Emery's, Eric Early's campaign for Congress was a local congressional district, and he stood in the spirit of all politics being local. We have not heard the last of that. An inspiration to keep fighting. Uh, make it a great Thursday. It's 9 o'clock.